Good evening. Welcome to the Ecology Hour. My name is Tim Bray. With me via Squadcast is my co-host, Dr. Robert Spies. And tonight's guest, we've got a great show lined up for uh, people in Mendocino County uh, talking about some of the local wildlife and how they interact with us humans. Bob, would you like to introduce tonight's guest? Yes, uh, we're very pleased to have uh, Scott Kohler, who is a longtime uh, employee of the uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife. He's now retired, lives in Willits, and uh, very knowledgeable about all sorts of wildlife, but uh, going to be talking about us about black bears. Uh, so, Scott, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Yeah, so Scott, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in wildlife biology and a little bit about your history and professional development, that sort of thing. I know you're retired now, but... Uh... Yes, um, I graduated from Humboldt State with a degree in wildlife management uh, many years back. Uh, and I emphasized in forestry. So coming up to Mendocino about 20 years ago, uh, I'd become a unit manager here for the Department of Fish and Wildlife was a, a good move for me. Um, I had worked throughout the state as a scientist for the, um, at various locations and uh, got the opportunity. Um, spent a lot of time throughout that period um, working with a variety of different wildlife. So um, what can I say is, is that uh, Mendocino is a, one of probably the best unit for the variety of wildlife we have here. And I was fortunate enough to spend 20 years doing it. So tell us a little bit about, generally about the range of black bears in North America. You, you know, they're spreading. Uh, the distribution actually truncated or got smaller for a while due to uh, hunting pressure and just um, be trying to be uh, removed um, and of loss of habitat. So I'm to understand that their population is growing again over in the eastern seaboard. Um, through it, uh, pretty much the mid, the center part of the United States is does not have bears, but we do have them in the Rocky Mountains, of course, up in the Canada, and they come down through Washington and Oregon um, into California, where uh, probably my uh, knowledge of them is the best because I spent all my time uh, working with wildlife here in California. And where we would find them in California, it's predominantly in a forested oak woodland um, conifer habitat. So you see a ring around the Central Valley. So they go down to the San Gabriel Mountains and then up into San Luis Obispo, up through Northern California, and then back down into Mendocino. Uh, further south into uh, Sonoma and Marin counties. So the population is, uh, distribution is increasing. Well, they, they extend up into Alaska, I know, um, yes. where they co-occur with grizzlies as well as in Canada. Are, are, do they go down into New Mexico, uh, into Mexico as well? Not that I know of. Yeah. No, uh, the habitat type down there is going to probably be desert areas, you know, the Baja area and they predominantly need their food sources is going to be a hard mast, the acorns and the soft mast, the berries. And so what we're looking at here is, is probably the habitat is the limiting factor in regards to their, uh, their distribution. Mm -hmm. 
Tell us a little about their life history then. What, uh, you know, how long they live, when did they reach sexual maturity, that kind of thing. So, so what we have here is, is the, the longevity of, of the bears is up to about 15 years old. I was actually looking on the department's website in regards to their harvest numbers. And some of the older bears were about 15 or 16 years old. Mainly um, the harvest is predominantly males, but we do have females taken. So what we see here is, is that the females uh, reach sexual maturity at about four to five years old. And so it takes them a while, and that is the, another limiting factor on their numbers. Uh, they reproduce at that point in time. Uh, it's during the summer is the mating season for black bears and uh, late June, early July is what we'll see, what we see here. And they have what we call a delayed implantation of the, the blastocysts. So they'll, um, so that they can synchronize uh, their birthing at late January, early February while they're in the den. And at that point in time, uh, they give births to the two cubs, usually anywhere from one to three is a normal number. And they'll, the females will den up during that period in time up until early spring, you know, late April, for first part of May, uh, which time they'll come out. And uh, the cubs will stay with the female for about a year and a half. And, um, and then we'll get the... Uh, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll break away from the female about June again. And then the mating season females may mate every other year. Sometimes they'll take a year off afterwards due to the extreme, um, kind of like, uh, the, the pressure on them in regards to food sources available. Uh, males, uh, will range further in their territory. So they, they have larger territory areas than the females. And uh, so what we'll see sometimes, and they're the ones that tend to see, cause the biggest issues in regards to the um, problems with bears coming into uh, your garbage and your apiaries and your chicken coops and such. So it sounds like they only, uh, they're younger lived than I would have expected for a large animal. Uh, I would have expected their lifespan to be longer. It sounds like they only have about maybe 10 years of reproductive life. Yes. And that, that's the, that's the limiting fact. You know, they, uh, they don't reproduce that greatly, uh, due to the food source availability and, um, Probably, if you look at the bell-shaped curve of their life stage, is that the most of the predominant population is going to be anywhere uh, bell curve-wise up around eight, nine, ten years old, and then it starts dropping off uh, at that. A lot of times, a lot of the older bears I saw their their uh, teeth were worn down um, of some of these older bears to the point of they barely had any teeth left. So that barely, excuse me, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, it, 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 their food consumption because of the hard masks that they eat, uh, the acorns, um, kind of makes their nutritional levels drop as they get older. And so they're, they tend more to mortality rates increase as they get older. 
so uh, so they're reproducing for only just a few years. So these it sounds like their you know lifespan is about like a dog or something, and uh, and yet their reproductive rate is much lower. Yes, and that's why the department um, really restricts the harvest rate in regards to uh, bears, just because you might think that they they have a high reproductive rate, but they really don't because their females are are, kind of, are not as uh, they're, they're waiting every couple of years, every three years or so. And uh, do you age them uh, with? teeth you know, looking at cross sections of teeth or is it teeth wear that gives you the primary indication of age on on bears yeah. uh they uh the department manages via the harvest rate and they, they require that a premolar be pulled from every bear that's harvested mm-hmm. and that's uh the cementum layers are then um counted and their age is taken from that and it's fairly accurate so their population estimates by the department are uh, put into an algorithm that uses age, sex, and um, and location to to get a general idea of the population that's within the state of California. Yeah. So the main way that the that we're getting data on these animals is through the the hunt and the take from the hunting. Yes. That it that is the major. Uh, it's the the only way. I I'm not familiar with a lot of any type of research that's going on right now in regards to bears and populations um, lo- locally. Uh, in regards to either types of um, camera camera bait stations or uh, a, other type of uh, uh, telemetry work. How big do these bears here on the coast get, a, a big male maybe? Again, all my data, my understanding is probably from validating bears that have been harvested. And I've seen them, typically a lot of people will add 100 pounds onto a bear just because they're, they're a lot of skin to them. Um, the biggest one I've seen I, I validated was about 400 pounds. Typically, I believe they're running around 200 pounds. Some have even gone down into less than that. Um, uh, a two or three year old is probably going to be a little over 100, 120 pounds. Again, all based on uh, how well it's been eating and and what time of year it is. So they got really wide range of of size then, even the adults. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And again, the better the food source and the time of year, they're going to pound on, they're going to put on the pounds and, and to get ready for that hibernation period in time where they're just going to be burning down the fat on their body. Uh, you touched on a question that had, that, uh, I wanted to hear more about, uh, uh, the matter of territory size. Uh, yes. tell us a little about territoriality and the different, the, the sizes and, and ranges. So males uh, tend to range further and have larger territories. Uh, basically, territories are based upon uh, food availability, uh, habitat, um, uh, shelter, uh, the cover that they pro- it's provided, um, and uh, basically 
their estimates as to in some of these locations, bears ranging anywhere in the population from one to two every square mile uh, in in suitable habitat. Do we know, uh, Scott? Do we know if there's a competition between males as far as setting territories and and uh, access to uh, female bears and estrus? I would, yes, there would be, there would be some competition in regards to these bears, uh, but not, not to the point of any other, uh, the species you see like grizzlies. Uh, what I've seen is bears tend to be a little bit more social in regards to their um, ability, as long as the food source is adequate, that the competition is minimized. Uh, you, you, I think we'd all re- would remember the pictures of bears at a garbage dump and how many you could see as long as the food sources were there. So it seems that is the, the critical issue in regards to bears and getting along and socially. So one of the questions, again, about the life history that comes up a lot uh, in, just in conversation around here is, do the local black bears on the coast, uh, do they hibernate in the wintertime? Yes, they, um, of course, the females will den up in a, um, a, a more secure, dry location uh, in slash piles, large tree um, cat face areas of some of our redwoods, um, rock, rock outcroppings if they can get it. Uh, the males will do that as well, but the hibernation is... Uh, uh, somewhat different in that their temperature drops only a few degrees, 10 degrees as compared to some of the more, uh, the other species of animals that may drop half their temperature and sleep. So there it's, it's not as deep a sleep in their hibernation, but yes, they, they do, uh, slow down, uh, significantly, uh, during, during the winter months. And of course, that's on the coast as compared to what you would see on an interior uh, along the um, the mountain ranges that we have on the eastern side. And what that's, time of year would that be? They would start denning uh, again, weather-wise and food source-wise, probably in the. Uh, I've seen it as soon as November. We had a significant cold snap here about 10 plus years ago and i the the bears just disappeared um on the east on the eastern side of of the of mendocino county um to the point of the the harvest was limited here in mendocino the hunters just couldn't find them so you'd see at some point in time in december early january is when basically they're they're starting to uh bed down and then, so will they will they uh, look at it, you know like a hollowed out old redwood tree or something at the base? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's that or slash piles. We have a lot of slash piles in regards to a lot of the lumbering out there uh, that have left um, a lot of down timber. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because. A lot of the old uh, fallen hollow logs that they probably formerly denned in have disappeared from the landscape, right? The habitat has been modified significantly, yes, due to uh, timber harvest activities, uh, 
increased encroachment by um, people building houses out there in the rural uh, locations. Uh, but it seems like they're adapting. They, they are a very um, capable and adapt, they, they adapt very well. Uh, unfortunately, in some cases, that causes a lot of issues because they uh, have the ability to learn as, uh, bad things. Uh, in regards to garbage, uh, I know up here in Brook Trails, they know when it's going to be garbage night. And it, that always seemed to be a big issue there. So they were removed a lot from certain areas in California during the period of time when um, California was expanding in population and agriculture uh, was modifying habitat. Uh, so, and I think right now they're, they're moving back to some of those other areas that they were removed from, um, with the, you know, this is again, as long as we have a, a food source, oak, woodland, mast, uh, um, you know, the acorns and the, and the berries and unfortunately the garbage and, uh, apples and other, uh, food sources that are accompany people, um, they'll spread and they have done fairly well. Yeah. I've heard stories in, uh, Mendocino Fort Bragg area where the people put out the garbage cans and, you know, night before and the bear just goes down and hits one after another right down the street. Yeah. You'll see that over here. Yeah. I'm very familiar with Fort Bragg, very familiar up here, Brook Trails, Pine Mountain, uh, some parts of Ukiah. Uh, we, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, we we're a little bit behind in regards to what Tahoe's experienced and what they're, what they're doing over there to limit bear interactions. Yeah, we've got, uh, Albion has one now on Albion Ridge Road where there's, uh, you know, garbage pickup. Uh, we don't have that where I live, but on Albion Ridge Road they do. And and I think you're, you know, just what you mentioned is the bears have figured out which day is garbage pickup day. And everybody puts their cans out the night before. And uh, then you, if you go out, drive down that road first thing in the morning, it's just one after another can knocked over and all everything scattered all over the side of the road. I've, I've always explained or asked people, I go, it's a, it's a neighborhood, uh, work in progress. You've got to get your neighbors involved, uh, in regards to either placing the, yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I've had the experience of, uh, having a bear get in a garbage, uh, uh, garbage can that's out on the road, uh, on, on garbage day. And, and I put a rope over it and tie it so they can't open the lid. And then the, the garbage men don't want to <laughs> take the trouble of untying the rope. So they just pass by. <laughs> yeah. What is it that Tahoe's doing? Oh, well, they have bear-proof garbage cans. And that's been one of the issues or things that in regards to Willet Solid Waste we've been trying to deal with in regards up to the brook trails. Um, there's other methods you can use which seem to be somewhat uh, successful, and that is getting something that's um, uh, absorbent, like a cloth, a, a baby diaper that's you know new, and pouring ammonia on it, and putting that on top of your garbage can uh, as the last uh, thing you put in there. 
and then closing the lid. And so what that does is that these bears are being attracted by the smell of the garbage. And so ammonia is a very pungent and in, in the nose of a bear, it's very acute, uh, much more than a bloodhound. And so if you can mask the smell of that garbage by using ammonia, which is going to sting their, their, their sinuses, that tends to limit their desire to want to get into that garbage can. Yeah, it would. It, it must be an irritant to the their nasal passages. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it irritates us. And just think, their nose is hundreds and hundreds of times more sensitive than ours. Right. Yeah. So, good trick. Good trick to know. So, when you put your garbage out the night before, uh, a sponge, towel, baby diaper, whatever, just soak it in just regular household strength ammonia and put it right yeah. on top of the garbage and then close the lid. Huh? Yep. Yep. It doesn't take much. It's just enough to mask the smell. Yeah. Good tip. If you just joined us, our guest tonight is Scott Kohler. He was a longtime employee of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, recently re- retired after a 20 year career. And he is talking to us tonight about the black bears of Mendocino County. Is there anything other than uh, a good, strong, sturdy fence around your fruit tree to deter them from eating all your apples and uh, other fruit? Uh, Basically, the only thing that would work is either harvest the fruit before it's ripe, which is, I guess, not something you want to do. A lot of people don't want to do that. Or uh, the recommendation I have strongly suggested was a multiple string electric fence just uh, to put around your fruit tree during the period in time that the fruit is getting ripened and set it up to a solar panel um, or a battery or even if you if you can you can hook it up into the house to where you know you're not going to kill the bear but it's multiple strings so it's going to be at least two if not three uh, wire and um, that that is very effective at slowing the bear and we, we've tested it in the department in the region that i worked with around some very attractive stuff and it kept bears out they tried to get through it and opted out and decided not to so it's it's not that prohibitive in regards to the cost and you could temporarily set it up around your trees uh, we recommend it to people who are beekeepers. Set it up around your uh, your hives and your supers. Um, it's the only way to protect uh, the apiary. And uh, recommend it around chicken coops as well. Is uh, electric fencing long term is works very well. Yeah, that was. I found that to be the key to keeping chickens where I am, not just against bears, but everything dogs coyotes bobcats foxes skunks raccoons <laughs> everything is trying to eat the chickens and uh two or three wires one real close to the ground like three inches off the ground to keep the skunks out and then another one up at nose height how what's what's the optimum height for that top wire on a on a fence for a bear because you, you kind of want to get their nose right yeah, or get them so that they're going to try and crawl through it. So you want it to bite them underneath the armpit. And so optimum height, probably no more than four feet, um, especially if you have the three wire, uh, just so that it, it they have to crawl through it and they can't make it under. The, if it 
if it gets them on their back, it may not stop them. But if you make them crawl through it, that'll be the most effective. So they've got to get some part of their body that doesn't have a lot of fur on it uh, in contract with the wire, right? Yes. You, yeah. uh, you understand that these bears, I've seen them out. I've seen areas out in the national forest uh, where they have just gone from one ground nesting uh, hive of uh, hornets to another, to another. And so bee stings don't seem to bother them at all. But if you can get the soft underparts um, that, you know, that, or in the, around their face, well, actually not even around their face or in their underparts, that's what works the best. So yeah, because they, they'll have three or four inches of hair. Well, in the summertime, they don't. They're actually a pretty scanty-looking animal. Um, their fur doesn't start to fill in until the late fall. So, you know, it, it's it's pretty barren in regards to if you've ever seen some of these bears up close in the summertime. Interesting, yeah. So the, they can... Uh... I assume they can climb fences no matter how, or, or rip them down no matter how sturdy they are. Yes, yeah, the, with, without without question. I've seen them pull cyclone fencing up, and, no and to get wow. underneath it, I've seen them pull down wood fencing up in brook trails. F- fencing itself is is not a deterrent to a bear. They they're at, they're fantastic climbers. They're strong. I've had them break into cars up in brook trails, tear doors off. Their strength is a thing out of legend. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I I consider myself fortunate in all the field work I've done with the department out here in Mendocino and such. All the bears I've seen have been more afraid of me. They they have all run from me, and they are fairly quick at doing that. Um, That's one thing, the difference between a black bear and and an Alaskan brown or a grizzly is, is that they still have some caution around us. Um, As long as they haven't gotten too familiar by people feeding the bears or providing some type of artificial or supplemental food source so that they've gotten used to being around humans, which is a bad thing. Um, We really don't want, we want these animals because they're so big and so strong to get used to being around humans because that's when we start having um, conflicts with them. Yeah. They need to stay wild. Yes. Yeah. If you feed them, then they're going to, they're going to want it on a regular basis. (laughs) Some of the, some of the biggest bears I've seen, some of the most healthiest bears in the summertime were uh, up in a part of uh, Mendocino County where uh, the person was feeding them dog food and um, oil, uh, cooking oil on a daily basis. Uh, You had a whole bunch of bears just around the property and they were causing problems with the adjacent neighbors and everything And the department had to go in and uh, get the, we had to stop the person from feeding them. Um, They had a shipping container full of dog food and and, uh, cooking oil that they were, they thought they were doing good uh, by feeding the bears. Yeah, this is a real public education problem with uh, feeding wildlife in general, as you well know. Yes. Uh, yeah, the the city of Fort Bragg actually just passed an ordinance to try to stop people feeding ravens and squirrels out on the coastal trail uh, because it's kind of a, just suddenly become a 
starting to become a real problem because it's uh, brought in an enormous number of ravens concentrated into a small area. Uh, and so the, as you know, the fundamental problem is that feeding wildlife changes the behavior of the wildlife. And frequently that leads to real problems down the line. Yeah, especially with ravens, which are a significant predator of shorebirds. Um, so, and yeah, you really want to be careful. Um, I've always recommended that people stay away from even bird feeders just because you got to maintain them really well. And I, so artificial uh, food sources has never been something I've really promoted. Yeah, bear, uh, uh, ravens will uh, eat uh, oyster catchers and chicks. And uh, I know that on the Little River Headlands, uh, talking to Ron LaValle, uh, mm -hmm. he, he used to uh, monitor them that uh, they essentially uh, you know, cut the reproductive rate of those uh, ravens knock back the uh, the shorebird reproductive rate to almost zero. Yep. Yeah, and they're uh, the corvids, you know, black uh, ravens, uh, crows, um, even even jays have always been an issue with marble murrelets as well in their nesting. So, which is, of course, they're in a, a listed species. Um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that you really shouldn't be doing. And I, I applaud Fort Bragg with... Uh, stepping out and doing, yeah, providing that type of an, uh, regulatory process to probably limit it as much as possible. Yeah, it's a big step, yeah. Yeah. So back to the bears, uh, what else <laughs> do we need to know about? <laughs> what else do we need to know about the black bear population here in Mendocino? And uh, what what's different about bears? Is there anything particularly different about the coastal bears uh, versus the inland populations, or maybe the northern ones? Uh, well, they're all the same subspecies. So pretty much what we're going to see is just uh, their, uh, what would you just say, as how they respond to the variety of habitat that they're living in. So the coastal species has got very, it's limited in regards to you. your Pretty much you just got tan oaks. You've got very few Quercus or real true oaks in regards to a food source. You got a lot of berries uh, to, to eat during uh, the early season. The inland bears, um, of course, it's colder. Um, a lot, it, the, the food sources are different. It's montane hardwood, montane conifer. So you got a lot of variety of uh, true oaks, uh, your interior live oaks, you got your valley oaks which provide a very good food source. Uh, and so you probably, your bears will get, are healthier, bigger, um, in, in a sense, during the, the winter time. And that's where I think a lot of uh, hunting pressure comes from in Mendocino is because the, the hunters want to go there to get a, a bear that's in better shape and easier, you know, because bears in redwood zones are harder to find. Uh, they're there. And when we ran, um, when I had my crews out putting game cameras, we seldom, we picked up a few bears, like in Jackson State Demonstration Force. It's just, there's not much out there for a bear in, in a true redwood uh, habitat for a bear to survive on. Yeah, those, habit, uh, those 
deep redwoods don't have a lot of berries and uh, certainly don't have acorns just the way that you find with all different oak species inland is that right. the main thing is that uh, you know the diet dietary differences uh, are pr pretty amazing in terms of what's available to eat inland versus what's in a redwood forest right Yes. Yeah, so you look at Mendocino and the variety of the, the, vegeta the vegetation types that we have here is this is incredible. And so you got a, a wide range of a variety of species going from the east to the west and then from the north to the south. You get into the chaparral, which is a good, uh, this is a good hide and cover area for bears. But and if you got manzanita berries uh, that come on at a certain point in time, we don't have that up in the north. So it's to talk about Mendocino is, is it, it's not a uniform county, and so you got a variety of your populations and your bears are going to be different, and and the health standards are going to be different from one side to the other, to from the north to the south. Um, we we have them up in Cow Mountain, but it's a and there is some interior live oak in there in Manzanita's form as compared to like I said Jackson, we we state forest and when we put game cameras out there very few uh, mammals that we pick up um, in that regard except for flying squirrels and um, so it, it and. So, you know, it's, it's the redwood zone just does not provide the type of habitat uh, for a very good, robust population of bears. And that's why you see them coming out probably more into the Fort Bragg area, because that's where you start having your apples and your your uh, your your human f uh, food source types uh, providing your apples and, and such there. Yeah. And a lot of edge habitat where you get a, a lot of berries growing around yes. the edges of the forest in the openings that we've created in it yeah right yes that's always the richest habitat usually is the edges yes it's amazing to me to think about these bears you know we think of them as being large powerful car carnivores and yet you're describing their diet is largely vegetarian and uh, mainly acorns yeah may you know they're not a very good predator uh, you know, so unlike a mountain lion or even a fox or a bobcat, um, they're omnivorous. Uh, basically, they go from a, uh, a vegetative uh, food source in the early spring or when they start coming out and, and moving over into what the, the food sources that come on board. They will take their they're opportunistic in their feeding sources. So if there's carrion, they will eat carrion. Um, and a study we were doing up in the Mendocino National Forest, we found that they were a major predator of fawns. So, you know, right after a fawn has been dropped and, and the doe may go out to feed, uh, bears will meander around. And of course, they, if they come across the fawn, they'll take it. Uh, so they, they're, they, they do eat, um, you know, uh, they are a predator, but not a significant one where they'll chase something down. So historically, when we had uh, pretty healthy salmon runs along the coast, mm -hmm. uh, were bears eating the salmon or do we know? Well, again, if the unlike grizzlies, which actively 
go out there to fish the salmon out of the streams. I'm, you got to remember, we used to have grizzlies here along the coast as well. Okay. And they were the major predator of black bears. So uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, yeah. So I'd say that, yeah, you know, I have, I, I honestly, they probably do eat some of the salmon uh, carcasses, but as far as active fishing for them, they're, they're mainly more the insects. Uh, they'll, they'll grub for insects. Uh, again, the, uh, the nests, the, the, the hornet nests. Yeah, I was in, uh, up in Alaska doing some uh, field work and, and uh, there were so many dead salmon carcasses that the bears had come along. This is just, you know, these are silver salmon that are pretty, one of the later running uh, species up there. And, and it was into September and October when it starts to snow and they go, there's so many carcasses on that stream. Uh, the bears have come along that take a bite out of the gonads and a bite uh, of the head to get the brain. It's the two fatty parts and then move on to the next carcass and leave yeah. the rest of it there. We just don't have the major uh, carcass loss uh, yeah. for fish carcasses yeah. here in yeah. the coast any longer. Right. Yeah, not anymore, yeah. It is kind of a, a jolt to realize that this used to be grizzly bear territory when there was salmon runs to support them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last grizzly was pulled out of California in the nineteen early 1900s. So... I think one of the discussions, you know, people like to say brown bears and black bears because they look at, but we have seven, you know, the phases of colors. We have a, the black bears come in about three prominent colors. They come uh, black, cinnamon, and of course, up in British Columbia, they have uh, the a uh, bear that's pretty much close to being white. So, but we don't have really. I didn't know yeah. about that. Yeah, it's con it, uh, to the uh, Native American or Native the indigenous people up there in British Columbia. It's a, it's a sacred animal. Hmm. Interesting. Ours is predominantly brown, you know, the cinnamon color here, and we do get some black. And, uh, and of course, it varies. And then over on the eastern coast, the predominant color over there is black. They all tend to have brown muzzles and a white patch. Is some most of the time they have. What uh, what sorts of things uh, do we not know about these about black bears that you wish we did? You know, there, if there's not much study going on, is that because we already know everything we need to know about them, or is there things that we would like to know that we don't? Oh, uh, you know, I I don't think you can get any biologist to turn and say we know everything we need to know about any wildlife species here in California. Uh, that'd be uh... That'd be a strange thing for a scientist to say, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be, yes. Uh, usually every every report you ever see or any paper, it always says we need more information in regards to this. Um, as far as, you know, I would like to see probably more localized uh, numbers coming out. Maybe. No, they have, uh, do, do black bears have a, a pretty good parasite loads or? Yes. Um, you pick up trematodes and things like that. Yes, it, it, depending on the eating garbage. Um, ticks. You know, we have a very high predominance of a variety of ticks up in Mendocino County, and of course, the ticks that carry Lyme disease. But um, I don't believe that I ever came across the bear that did not have its load of ticks and. 
and then we I would on occasion get some cubs coming in with mange that um, more or less was probably the cubs had been abandoned or the female got killed and it was basically in real bad shape. Um, so, and there, there's a lot of internal parasites that probably, but we never really did it. I haven't seen a study on it in Mendocino County as to what we might have occurring here, which is something could be done maybe from a research point of view from somebody from Humboldt state or something could do that in regards to harvested species. Um, you'd like to be able to answer, be able to answer your question, how many bears do we really have? But because of their, uh, the density is so limited and they're so hard to study. Uh, you can't really put a, a collar on a black bear and man it and actually track it too easily. Um, and be able to get that collar back off to find out how real large their territory or their ranges are. It's all a pretty much estimates. You know, I, I, I would have liked to have known the difference between how many bears do we actually have on the coast and splitting it up from the, to the interior uh, besides just giving a, just an observation note as I've been able to do. Has there been some trail cam work? Yeah, I did. Uh, I had a crew out for well over two and a half years, but we were basically trying to find Fisher throughout um, Humboldt, Southern Humboldt, all of Mendocino and South, the Southern part of Trinity counties. And we got bears uh, on a lot of the game cams uh, as we were looking for the Fisher. And of course they were, they decimated a lot of my game cams. Uh, they love chewing on them. So, uh, so did you, did you put uh, attractants out or uh, you just uh, knew where the, the, the trails that they used? We, we did a randomized uh, location. So it was all, uh, established points that were randomly chosen that the, my crew had to go out and place cameras on for a two week period. Uh, we used uh, bait stations, so there was a lure that we put out there along with a food source, uh, usually chicken, uh, nailed to a tree in a sock. And um, so this was, we were focused on fisher, but we got a lot of bear coming in as well as gray fox, uh, raccoons, possums. Um, so, but, but bears were a common uh, incident in regards to uh, the stealing of the bait as well as the damage to the equipment. I don't think we asked earlier uh, about population size. How many of them, do we have an estimate for the population of bears in Mendocino County? No, there's uh, research that I've read says about half the bear population resides in the northern half of uh, California, so you could probably extrapolate that out. So we have about thirty to forty thousand, is what the department says, is in the state of California, and that's their con uh, conservative estimate. Hmm. Okay, I've I've seen uh, estimates on I've read some old uh, newspaper articles uh, estimating there may be two or three thousand bears in Mendocino County. Does that sound about you know? 
Well, you, it's you hard, know, I I'm, guess it's hard to say, but uh, does that sound right? Or do you want me to take a, a guess on this? I would say that that would be a number I would say because I'd say, well, if half the population, which is about twenty thousand, and we have about fifteen counties, uh, or or maybe let's say ten counties up in Northern California where we have bears, and it's if it's an equal distribution throughout the, the northern part, then yeah, we have about two thousand that are here in Mendocino County. Humboldt's probably got a lot of bears. Siskiyou's good. Uh, Modoc has very few. I think the unit biologist, the manager I was talking to up there five years ago, had his first bear. So Modoc doesn't have has very few. But you, you head over on the Sierras, Southern Sierra, or the Northern Sierras there, you're going to get a lot of bears. So two to three thousand is probably a good estimate. Yeah. Apparently, there was some sort of a. Uh, passing a parasite load to human uh, human hunter i guess to hunters that were eating the bears uh, uh trichinosis or something in Mimble, humboldt county and uh so that kind of got me interested in you know, what do we know about uh parasite loads or is it just pretty much unknown again it's probably one of the things we need to study a little bit more but we do know that bears uh bear meat Trichinosis is one of the major issues in regards to uh, 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 transmission to humans. So, um, yes, you, you, it's always recommended that you cook the, the bear meat to the point of where you would kill the cyst uh, that it has, so that otherwise it would pass on. And basically, that's going to be coming from bears that are eating uh are getting infected through scavenging and garbage. Yeah, can you talk a little more about, you know, what trichinosis is and why why bears can pass it to humans? Well, it's a, it's a cyst uh, that is picked up and ingested and then it get it it becomes um, it goes through the blood seam and comes into the meat of the bear. So it's it's in the muscle tissue and then with the humans is that you and it's a worm, right? It's a round yeah. worm, parasitic yeah, round worm. A, yeah, it creates a cyst in in the in the meat uh, part of the bear and for the in the tissues. And so when you eat it, you pick up that cyst, that worm, and then it uh, and it infects you. So uh, it passes through the gut into your in your into your body as well. So feral pigs are another issue in regards to that. So your feral pigs, you always want to cook uh, the meat uh, significantly enough to kill. Do you have? Do you know offhand what that temperature is that kills the worm? No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I, that I don't know. Yeah. So will bears uh, take on pigs uh, for a food source, or do we know? Uh, yeah, bears are not a real good predator again. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, a, a male pig is going to be yeah. something to really, really deal with out there. So I would suspect that a bear is not going to want to deal with that unless it's wounded or sick or dying or dead. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then in that case, the pigs are probably eating it. <laughs> yeah. The other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a yeah. closely related question has to do with, do we know anything about diseases uh in in bears black bears yeah they they get of course the diseases some some people are really concerned about rabies uh rabies is probably not that um 
significant of an issue. Um, uh, Rickettsial, uh, I'm trying to you know, dig deep into my mind here now. Um, probably more, it, it's probably just all external parasites that are really significant on these bears. If, is there any other part of the black bear topic that we haven't covered that you'd like to make sure listeners hear about? No, I think we, we've pretty much covered everything that might be interested, interesting or necessary for people who live in Mendocino County. If they do have concerns or issues with black bears coming into their property, they, they should contact the regional man, uh, region Department of Fish and Wildlife either at their Eureka office or the Reading office. Um, I'm not, I don't know who the unit manager is anymore, but I, the supervisor is out of your, the Eureka office. You can contact them up there uh, for assistance, especially if they're causing damage to your property. Um, I, I think one thing we could uh, fill out, so we're talking about human interactions, is uh, do people need to worry about... Uh, uh, encounters with black bears and, and you know, bear attacks or anything. It seemed to be very rare with this species in California, but occasionally do occur. Yeah, they, they occasionally do occur, but it's one of those things that, um, I, as I said earlier, the bears have always been, were, were one of the least concerned of mine. I was always a, more concerned when out in the field about feral pigs. Uh, black bears have always, every one of them I ever saw I came across was running from me as quick as possible. Um, now, again, their behavior can be modified in regards to people, um, you know, feeding them. And so when they lose their fear of humans, then you have the potential for more human interaction with, with the bears in regards to what could be injuries and so that that's got to be a key point is that we keep them wild like we said earlier right and so so if, if you're out in the uh in the woods taking a walk and uh perchance you've met a, a grumpy black bear or one that's uh, become acclimated to human presence uh and uh, he doesn't run away what's uh, what's the best thing for you for you to do is a uh, to get out of there yourself or yell and scream or uh... yeah and you know yeah yell and scream uh throw rocks uh it's seldom have i ever heard of anyone i uh, there was i think there was one instance i saw where some some biologists wanted to test uh a sow a female with cubs and she did her bluff charge so, you know, there's uh-huh. the, and, and yeah. this guy was crazy because he stood there yeah. and they videotaped it and she ran right up to him, but she veered off and ran away. So here's an animal that's protecting just enough to give the cubs a chance to climb a tree and get yeah. to safe area. So yeah. I just don't, you know, there are occasions where the bears, where black bears in California have caused issues. And I have, I think I've read a few incidents in, incidents throughout the United States where we've had it, but it's, they're, there's, they're just not grizzlies. They have a different behavior pattern. Yeah. I think black bears are 
uh, relatively more aggressive in Alaska. There have been some record uh, incidences of black bears up there, uh, you know, actually killing people. Um, apparently, that's yeah. not, not the case in California. No, I think we had a couple of years ago uh, some kid who had a peanut butter sandwich in the sleeping bag and the black bear reached in and grabbed him. Um, because you know it's always food source uh, motivation for these animals. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, if you're camping, make sure your food is secure um, and away from where you're at. Use black bear uh, proof containers. That I, I think all the states and national parks now have those. Um, it's. It, maintain a, a clean property in regards to you know your garbage is contained uh your compost pile i would put an electric fence around that you just don't want to attract these animals in any more than you necessary uh chicken coops it's for whatever reason it's the smell of the chicken coops and then boom they're in there and then there's chickens running around so it, it just becomes a secondary thing for them to and to to cause a lot of significant loss and damage to to the, uh, the animals and, and property. Yeah, and they're so strong that it's almost impossible to build a bear-proof chicken coop. And then the other problem with that is you have to be perfect yourself about getting the chickens in. And then the other problem with that is bears are diurnal. Right? They're they're not strictly a nocturnal predator. Yeah, basically, you know that they they are um, they're crepuscular in a sense that their their main activity is at night, but they do come out during the day at times um, to forage for food. So, but basically, they are a crepuscular, uh, a dusk to dawn animal. Um, that doesn't mean I haven't i I've, I've seen them throughout the day as well. So. Yeah. But they're they're basically moving, uh, and a lot of times that's during the fall season when they're out looking for food, foraging. They're kind of stalking, uh, stalking the, uh, putting the fat on uh, to make it through the hibernation period, right? Yes. So, so this yes. is November. Uh, this is uh, going to be airing in uh, kind of the <clears throat> second Tuesday in November, uh, and so th- that should be just about the time the the bears are going into hibernation or is it, do they kind of wait until they get a cold snap to do that? I would say, yeah, I would say a cold snap. I, I would anticipate that you, you, the bears up here are going to still be active. Uh, it's, it's been a fairly warm, although wet, uh, season so far. So I don't believe that they'd be going down right now until probably we get that. Uh, and usually we don't get a cold snap here until sometime in December anyway, especially in the interior. It gets cold, but not enough. Yeah, yeah. To kick so right over. now is probably actually their peak activity. They're, they're really trying to pack in as much calories as possible, right? And the acorns, it's a great acorn year, at least the black oaks that I've noticed is coming out, and they're just dropping right now. So these bears are going to be actively out Oh, so they're out just scooping those up. Yeah, and and tan oaks are a basic every year type of mast for these animals to eat. Uh, For whatever reason, tan oaks do a great job of kicking out acorns every year. 
the Black Oaks the last two years have been fantastic. This is, I can't believe the size of the acorns this year again in the number. So um, I anticipate these bears to be pretty active for a while. Until it gets cold and then we can kind of see a decreased activity until spring. Females are going to go down pretty much in January. It's it, it, those that are uh, pregnant and, and going to be dropping uh, cubs. So they're going to go down sooner before the larger males or the males and uh, any, any females that aren't pregnant. And then those little baby cubs, when they come out, they don't, they're pretty dependent on the mother, right? They don't have much hair and they can't see and things like that, right? Yeah, they're altricial. They, 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 there's no way, yeah, they, they are dependent for up until May. Uh, at one point in time, their eyes will open up. They'll either get the fur during that period in time that they're denned up and then come around late April or May. They will come out of the den with the female. And um, it, it's still, again, dependent for another year on learning um, facts of life from the female. And that's when the females seemingly are more dangerous. Although I like that story you told that the the, the famous charge of the the sow protecting her cubs is largely a bluff move, huh? There are certain behavioral patterns of a bear. They'll, they'll click their jaw when they're scared. Um, a lot of people think that when a bear stands up on its hind legs, it's, it's aggressive, when actually their eyesight's terrible. And they're <laughs> just trying to figure out what you are. So mm. when they're standing up, they're trying to f- focus in on you, um, and they're smelling. Um, mm. But if... They don't have a tail, so you can't tell, like in a dog, uh, that it's going to be aggressive. Um, Ears might go back. It starts clicking its jaw because it's scared, and it'll start puffing. So there's a lot of things before a bear becomes, uh, to that point in time, uh, aggressive. Yeah, we should have probably talked a little more earlier about their their senses, and uh, because they're they don't really perceive the world the way we do. As you just noticed, they have poor eyesight, but their uh, sense of smell is acute. And how about their hearing? Uh, their hearing is uh, decent. It's, um, I think they've put all their energy into, they've given up their eyesight, you know, in regards to, you, you balance it out into their sanus, their uh, their. Um, sense of smell their hearing is decent again their eyesight's terrible hmm. they're not terrible but it's just not it's it's diff- it's not as good that brings us pretty close to the end of the show thank you great to hear some strategies and how to you know how to live side by side with these things well thank you for having me i appreciate the time thanks for spending it scott it was a very uh, good interview and we learned a lot i think This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.